Welcome to Vibrant Life Allies, the podcast that introduces you to coaches, experts, and other entrepreneurs who can help you live life more vibrantly. Today, I had the pleasure of hanging out with Heather McConaughey, and she is a nutritionist and health coach and a former nurse. It was absolutely amazing. I love talking about nutrition and macros, but also about the mindsets that are involved with our relationships with food, you know, and we talked about about all of that, about how stress, people pleasing, you know, overwhelmed, busy, demanding schedules, things like that, and our mindset and how they all work together to affect us and our diet or however, whatever we want to call it in eating plan. So, you know, I know that you're going to learn a lot from this episode about healthy, sustainable, science-based weight loss or, you know, just being healthy and fueling your body to do what, what you would like for it to do. So I can't wait to share it with you. Check it out. And if it resonates with you, please reach out and connect with Heather. She's super amazing. She's got all these fantastic, simple, but just totally delicious sounding recipes that you can access and just check her out. Her information's in the show notes and you'll also hear about it on the episode. And Take what you learn and live more vibrantly. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Vibrant Life Allies. I have another amazing guest for you today, and I will, as always, let her introduce herself. Hi, I'm Heather McConaughey. I'm a former registered nurse turned nutrition and mindset coach for women, and I'm so excited to be here today. Awesome. And I'm glad you said that. It's nutrition and mindset. So yes, because I think that that's an important part of that. So then former nurse, what led to the transition there for you? Yeah, it's so funny. I actually wasn't really trying to start a business or become a nutritionist or a nutrition coach. It happened really organically and it really flowed out of my own personal struggle with my body and optimizing my nutrition and understanding nutrition, and then also just my passion for food. So I had been working as a registered nurse for about three to four years when I started doing CrossFit. I was looking for a way to get back in shape. I had gained weight. I wasn't eating healthy. I had gone through a rough breakup and I had eaten like pasta and, you know, olive oil and cookies all winter long and gained (laughs) weight. You know, I just was looking for something to get kind of healthier. And I started doing CrossFit, but I was following kind of a generic eating principle plan I found online and I did lose weight, but I ended up losing three pounds of muscle at the same time. And then I thought, oh, if I just eat more, I'll gain muscle because I'm working out so hard, it's got to turn into muscle. Well, it didn't. I gained back all the fat that I had lost. And I also wasn't performing very well, you know, in the gym. I also was struggling with some mental health stuff, you know, just moodiness, depression, things like that. And I just got really frustrated. I broke down and crying in my CrossFit coach's office. And he was like, well, why don't you try working with a coach, like a nutrition coach? And I was like, okay, I'm open to that. And I hired a coach and within three months, like everything changed. Like I had lost weight. I had built muscle. I was performing better than ever in the gym. I was super strong and I felt good. And so that led me down this path of just 
learning about nutrition. I got certified in nutrition, not because I was trying to start a business, simply because I was interested in learning more. I would read articles, you know, in between patients at the hospital. If we had a lull, I'd go on PubMed because I'm very scientifically minded. And I just had this passion for food. I wouldn't shut up about nutrition. People at the hospital, I'm sure, were so annoyed listening to me. But then people also started asking me for help and they asked me questions because they knew I was so knowledgeable. And one thing led to another. And I thought, why don't I try to coach people in this? Got my first client from my CrossFit gym. And within six months, I was full-time coaching in nutrition and had quit nursing. Wow. That's an amazing story. And I love that, you know, when you found this, you know, a lot of people think of, of coming to any kind of coaching, like from a rock bottom, you're out doing life, right? You try and CrossFit and, you know, all these things and just things aren't clicking. Yes, totally. It wasn't like I was at the bottom of the barrel, you know, in my life or whatever. And like, I just was like struggling to kind of find the right solution for me. And that's why I sought out a coach. I wanted to optimize all the hard work I was putting in in the gym. And I think that's one of the things that I really focus on in coaching my clients. I always can see my clients' potential, right? So I'm always coaching them from like, you can push harder, you can do a little bit more, like you can achieve more. And it's not because there's something wrong with their body that we need to fix. It's not because I care about them, you know, being a smaller size. It's not because I care about their body fat percentage. It's because I want them to have that mental transformation that they can persevere and achieve goals that seem hard and uncomfortable to them. And so I think the body and nutrition is a great like template for having that mental breakthrough because I personally had that breakthrough. I found working out and eating well to really test my self-discipline and force me to like deal with stuff in my life. And then that allowed me to transform and achieve other hard goals, like starting a business. That's a fantastic point because, you know, there are things where I think our education is lacking when we, when we're growing up, how to understand nutrition as well as how to actually apply it to your life and your activities. We don't really get in depth in that and just the general education. And that's the same, you know, with emotional resilience, managing emotions, managing your thoughts, like some of these, we don't really get into those kind of things. And with a coach, that's when, you know, you start learning how to apply those things to your life. And it really can be life-changing. Yeah, for sure. I always love this analogy of, you know, a coach helps you kind of point out the things that you don't know that you don't know. Right. <laughs> right. Like that's a true blind spot. Like if you don't know that you don't know something, then you really are going to struggle in that particular area in your life. And so I know for me, working with a coach showed me things that I didn't know that I didn't know about nutrition and fueling my body. And it was like, whoa, mind blown. And one of those things was macros and macro counting. And while I don't think it's the only way to achieve results, and I don't think it's you know, the, the only option for me, it was so transformative, right? It was in that realm of something I didn't know that I didn't know. And now that I have that knowledge and information, I feel passionate about educating other women. For example, one of my best friends from LA, known her for 15 years or so, she follows me on Instagram. We're still connected as friends. And she actually was like, Hey, 
I'm doing Pilates all the time. I'm struggling with my body slightly. It's not horrible, but like, like, what do you think I'm doing wrong? And she enrolled in my online digital course, the confident body blueprint. And she texted me the next day and she's like, Oh my God. She's like, I was under eating protein. I had no idea. And she's like, I feel incredible. She's like, in just two days, I have so much energy. I feel so much better in my workout. And then like two weeks later, she was like, I'm already down a couple pounds. So like me being able to take something that had been a blind spot for me, transform it, and then be able to teach other women and them have the breakthrough is extremely satisfying. Absolutely. And that takes it to a a whole different level because what a lot of people know is I want to lose the weight. I cut the calories. I exercise, but that's not, you're going to lose muscle, right? And if you don't know about your macros and and getting that protein, that's, that's going to contribute to that, that weight loss cycle because you're not really building the body that you want. Correct. And that was a big breakthrough for me. And then delving more into some of the science behind and actually reading research articles that like, oh, you can be in a caloric deficit, not a huge deficit, right? But like you can be in a somewhat slight caloric deficit and not lose muscle mass if you are ingesting the right amount of protein. And research studies support this kind of hypothesis, right? That you can, and then I've experienced that both myself in my fitness and with my clients, right? That you don't need to lose muscle mass as you right. weight. Right. It's more than just that a number on a scale. <laughs> you don't you don't just want to lose anything <laughs> that can be lost. Yeah, well, and muscle is so important. So like as a former registered nurse, I worked in the emergency room and I saw patients of all different ages, but I think some of the most heartbreaking cases for me was when I would have a patient who was like 85 and they couldn't even like move themselves up in their own bed, right? They couldn't even push their body weight to like adjust their head. And they couldn't stand at a bedside commode even on their own. They couldn't stand up off the toilet by themselves. And I've kind of made it my mantra, both personally and when I coach my clients and they're getting overly fixated on the scale or something like that, I'm like, but girl, don't you want to be able to stand up off a toilet by yourself when you're 85? Right. What can your body do for you? That's a good way to shift that that focus to be strong and healthy. And and even like a less extreme example of that, I will always remember I was in physical therapy years ago and I was on the table, we were doing something and she said, can you sit up? And I just sat up, like just sat straight up. And she was like, oh my gosh, you have a really strong core. I was like, what? Because I don't. (laughs) And she was like, well, most people can't just sit up. They have to push down with their hands or, you know, use something to get up. And I was like, oh, I did not know that. (laughs) So strong. (laughs) I'm strong. Yeah. But I mean, it's there's a lot that we don't, you know, we don't know. We don't maybe focus on, especially when it comes to, I think, the, the female body. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Ingesting more protein and lifting weights are two of the best ways to prevent sarcopenia, which is the fancy medical term for muscle wasting, right? Muscle atrophy. And and all of us as we age, especially after age 30, you know, we're starting to slowly lose muscle mass. But that doesn't mean that we just have to throw our hands in the air and give up. There's a few fitness ladies I follow on Instagram. I'll just shout them out. One is train with Joan. 
at train with Joan on Instagram. And she's like in her seventies and her account is so inspiring. She started lifting weights and eating, following macros, eating well, you know, maybe within the past five years. And she not only looks incredible, like her, like she has better hamstrings than I do, right? It's kind of embarrassing, but like she vibrates life. She exudes joy. She radiates beauty, even, you know, at her, in her golden years. Right. And that she, she went after her, fulfilling her potential at that age, but it wasn't just because she was dieting. She took on this new hobby and passion for weightlifting. And so I think that that's a really important thing. And then there's another woman, her name's Anna Rockstar Fitness, I think. And her story is so great. She started, I think, training maybe like four or five years ago. She's 50 now and she looks incredible. And again, she's all about lifting weights and sculpting and building muscle. So even though we have a tendency to lose muscle as we age, we don't have to just like roll over and accept that. If we're eating properly and training, we can do so much to be strong as women and age well. Right. And I think, you know, that's part of what will become more important as you get older is understanding what your body can do for you and being strong and the benefits of that and not just some um, maybe ideal weight or ideal look that you're going for. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I actually was thinking about this today and I, I came up with an idea. Things just kind of strike me sometimes that I want to share with my audience. And it was that concept of like beauty and youth are fleeting, you know, like no matter how beautiful that Instagram influencer is at 25, I'm sorry, but if she makes it to 88, she's not going to be doing like the bikini selfies. Probably. <laughs> I mean, maybe she will empower to her, but you know, the guys aren't going to be attracted to her the way that they are at age 25, right? The girls, the, the young women aren't going to idolize her the way that they're currently idolizing her. And I think it's important that we don't base our happiness, our worth, our ultimate fulfillment and get overly obsessed with health and fitness too. Like we keep it in its proper place. There is a balance. So focusing more on being strong and, you know, being as healthy as possible, but also enjoying life, I think are really good goals to have as we age throughout our life. Absolutely. And so I used to track macros. So I also love learning about macros and, and using that. But I think probably a lot of women are like, you know, they, they want to lose the weight and they're hearing this and then they're like, oh, macros and exercise and I'm busy, like so much. We have so much coming at us these days. So how do you help people, you know, learn to track their macros or eat what is best for their activity level when they're also busy? Yeah, that's a great question. I have so many busy women in my program. Like I have some super high success career women, like women who are like engineers at like Apple, you know, VPs at like tech companies, but then I have busy moms, right? And then women who are working and have kids, right? It's like, wow, uh, my hat goes off to them because I don't have kids. And it just seems so overwhelming to juggle all those things. I think one of the most important things is planning. So what I see with a lot of successful career women is they would never think of not planning their quarterly goals for their role at work. They would never consider walking into a meeting with their boss and not having that meeting planned. You know, they wouldn't consider launching a new project without sitting down and planning. But when it comes to our eating, there is just a huge resistance I have noticed 
to engaging in any form of planning. <laughs> and I think people have misconstrued planning with also taking a huge amount of time when in truth, if you just carve out 30 minutes on the weekend to sit down and think about your week and what you're going to eat, you can order your groceries to be delivered. You know, we kind of live in this extremely amazing time that is unprecedented and that you can have your food shipped to you. You can have groceries delivered. So we can't use the excuse of like, oh, I don't have time to go grocery shopping. <laughs> like you can literally sit on your couch while you're watching your favorite TV show and do your grocery shopping. So like, I am also kind of a no BS coach in that I will not listen to people's excuses and reasons why they can't do something. I'm always going to stand in the belief that it's possible. So I will coach people from a solution-based, let's solve the problem perspective, as opposed to buy into their excuse. Doesn't mean they're not busy, but just like they wouldn't tell their boss, like, oh, I can't solve this problem. I was talking to my client who works at Apple as an engineer, and we were kind of having this conversation. And I was like, would you ever tell your boss, like, oh, sorry, I just can't solve this problem for you, right? Like, we can't, <laughs> we can't figure it out. I quit. She goes, no, of course not. I would never say that, right? Like, she's going to work and collaborate and, and do whatever she needs to do to solve this engineering problem. But as women, we sometimes kind of become almost like weak and like victim -y. Like, I can't do it. So I think planning is really important. Sitting down, using tools of support. So whether it's like a grocery delivery service, not everyone can afford a private chef, right? We're not all Oprah. <laughs> um, so, but that doesn't mean there aren't ways of support that you can take advantage of. Like I buy frozen rice. Like I'm not using rice cooker. Like I microwave that three minutes done, right? Like I order groceries to be delivered. I use tools at my disposal to make life easier. So I think planning is important, but I also think reducing stress is important for women. When women are stressed, everything occurs as overwhelming, right? Okay. Overwhelm is not like a real thing in the world that you can grasp, right? Like it's not like in the air somewhere, <laughs> like, you know, it's an experience that you have that can be transformed. So I think it's also really important to, to de-stress. And when you do those things, honestly, the actual logistics of like putting your food in, my clients will be like, oh, it's so easy. Like they're like, it takes like two minutes. Like, and I also in my no BS kind of coaching, I say, look, if you have time to be on Instagram, you have time to log your food. That's true. Right. If you have time to watch any amount of television, you have time to sit down and take five minutes to log your macros for the next day. And that's another technique is pre-logging. So I encourage my clients to plan their next day. If they're busy, pre-log it while they're watching TV done. Right. That's a very good idea. And I especially like understand that as far as planning, because I know when I did macros, sometimes I would just be logging it and then I would get to dinner and I was, and it was like, okay, now it's time for the math problem. <laughs> what can I eat? What can I fit in here? And that's because I was just throwing it in there. And then at the end of the day, I had crazy, weird macros left that I was trying to make. Look, and you can totally eat on the fly, right? Like I tell my clients, you can eat on the fly, but what you then need to do is like at the end of the day, you need to have multiple sources of protein, carb, and fats that are like distinct, meaning like you have to have a source of protein that's just protein. You have to have a source of carbs that's just carbs. 
and you have to have fats that are just fats so you can mix and match quickly. So, exactly. Right. Like white rice, egg whites, and some butter would fulfill that. Right. Yeah. When you come to dinner and you're like, okay, I still need 20 grams of protein, but like two fats. Egg whites. <laughs> egg whites. Yeah. That's perfect. Have it planned and then you help. And they also understand reducing stress because with a food related example, and I, I think I've said this before, but I'll come home sometimes after work and, and my partner, he'll be like, what do you want for dinner? And he'll, we've got these, these three things. And I'm, I'm just like, I don't, I can't, I don't know. And he's like, why can't you just pick, just pick what you want to eat. And I, I'm like, ah, you know, it's because all the decisions, all the stress all day long, if I haven't processed it, then I get home and yeah, what I want to eat seems, it seems overwhelming, even though it's not, <laughs> that is just a thought. Yeah. I also like to tell my busy women to plan for busy days and exhausted nights. So meaning know that you are going to be exhausted in the modern world, especially if you're working a full-time busy job, especially if you have a family, like don't expect to feel differently than that. Like at the end of the day, you're going to feel exhausted, right? Like, come on. Like people are like, why don't I have energy? Well, look at what you're doing. But if, right. If you plan for that psychologically and logistically, then when you get home and you're exhausted, instead of ordering a pizza, instead of going through the drive-through, you're like, I'm exhausted. I don't want to cook, but I planned for my exhausted nights and I have frozen turkey meatballs, frozen rice, and some frozen veggie, I can literally put together a healthy dinner in three minutes. Like literally that's how long it will take to make that particular meal. I make it for myself. And so then you're not grabbing something that's unhealthy for you and that will help you stay on track. So that's another concept that I just encourage women, have your pantry, have your freezer stocked with some things so that you can plan for those exhausted nights that are going to happen. Right. And then that probably helps to have, you know, multiple sources of, of carbs on, on hand that, you know, you know, how much carbs is in it, it, ones that you can eat more of, and it's not as many carbs that way when you're feeling exhausted, I know I always want carbs. And so I would, you know, you would have that ready, like, oh, you can have this bag of popcorn that's not covered in, you know, butter, like you, you have that ready. For sure. Oh, another tip too, is an air fryer. So I'm obsessed with my air fryer because it cuts down on cooking time so quickly and you can do like so many delicious, healthy things. So like I'll make salmon in my air fryer, you know, normally you got to preheat the oven, then you got to cook the salmon. It takes like 40 minutes by the time you preheat it. If you take a piece of salmon, you don't even need to add fat to it. You just put whatever seasonings you want on top because it has fat inherently in it. So it'll cook really well in the air fryer. Plop that in your air fryer. In eight minutes, you will have perfectly cooked salmon. You know, oh you just blew my mind because I love <laughs> salmon, but I'm definitely not going to cook salmon. But I just, I could just put it in the air fryer. Just and literally, like the first time I made it, <laughs> no joke. I like took it out of the air fryer and I was like, I'm a gourmet chef. Like, I, <laughs> like I am an incredible cook. Like. Literally, I just sprinkled some like seafood seasoning <laughs> on top and put it in the air fryer. And you know, you can make like sweet potato fries. I actually just got some truffle oil recently. And so I'm going to take like some russet potatoes, cut, cut them into little fry shapes, 
put them in the air fryer, make some truffle oil fries, healthy fries. So like if you have some things like that on hand and you have something like an air fryer, when you are craving carbs or some, you're stressed out, you could, you could eat something that will fit your macros and keep you on plan, but still feels really fulfilling and like comfort foody. Nice. Great tip. Everyone, you have your moment of value. It's done. We're- <laughs> you learned about air fryer salmon. You can just like walk away now. Calls are going to be coming in. I want to work with you. Salmon in the air fryer. It makes sense. I think that's awesome. So, I mean, that's really good. Planning, getting your tools, keeping your stress down. Or were there any other tips? Well, I think knowing what you can get at restaurants and fast food places. So when you are like picking up the kids from soccer practice and it's 6 30 PM and everyone's having like a meltdown and you're like, I'm going to Chick-fil-A or, you know, I live in Texas. So we have Chick-fil-A or you're like, I'm going to, you know, McDonald's or whatever, learning what you can get at those types of places that will keep you on track. So for example, like at a place like Chick-fil-A, they have some really good salads where you can add chicken and I'll teach my clients, like just use half the packet of the dressing because the dressing's like 30 grams of fat. Right. Right? And I'll be like, grab a water or get a side of fruit. So, you know, or get two chicken breasts. They have like really high protein chicken there. You know, you can go to a lot of fast food places and now just ask for like a chicken burger, like, in a lettuce wrap or like no bun or at least skip the fries. Right. So I think kind of knowing those things makes a difference. Like knowing the healthy thing you can get at Starbucks, like the, the, they have like an egg white spinach breakfast wrap. That's really good. Or the like egg white little cups. And then I'll do like two shots of espresso over ice and just add a splash of cream to cut down on like sugar and the milk and stuff. And, you know, so there's a lot of little hacks we can do and then learning what you can order at restaurants or to go food. That's much healthier for you. People get into a lot of trouble when they're eating out because number one, the portion sizes are huge, right? The foods are cooked in a lot of oil that you don't realize. And there's a lot of hidden oils and added sugars in restaurant meals, both gourmet and fast food, junk food, both have hidden a lot of hidden fats. And then those foods are designed to be tasty, right? Like, right. A restaurant wants you to come back and eat. So they're not going to make a food that's untasty. Well, the things that make food tasty are primarily fats and sugars and salt. So I think that's another tip I have just learning what can you get if you're out and about. So when you are in a weak moment and you are like, I need something convenient, you're still picking the best option. Right. And having that in advance stops you from, from allowing yourself to be like, oh, we're in a hurry. I just, I can't think about this. Yes. I'm just going to order the fries and a milkshake and a chicken burger, you know, like a hamburger, even though it's going to make me feel horrible in 20 minutes. <laughs> right. And then it's like, and, and, and I'll skip dinner and then dinner comes around and it's like, well, I'm hungry. I'll start over tomorrow. <laughs> and things can, um, especially that's one of the important things about mindset with, when I work with people on this stuff, you know, once you make one decision that you, you know, aren't happy with, it tends to lead to more of those for, for some reason for us, we're like, well, I've messed up. Let's just, you know, do everything instead of, like, hey, it's okay. It happened. You know, get back on track and you'll be fine. Yeah. It's such an interesting thing that we do. I think it falls into that all or nothing thinking, which is a cognitive yes. 
portion, you know, that all humans fall into. Those of us who are prone to depression and anxiety fall into cognitive distortions more often. And so then I think that impacts food habits and then that leads to more weight gain and that perpetuates depression and anxiety because eating those high sugar, high gluten foods actually worsens mental health. There's a huge scientific link to that now. You can go read the studies yourself, um, but there's there's no denying that what we eat impacts our mental health. Absolutely. I don't, I don't even know about that study. I'm interested, but I, I just imagine that the, um, the amount of sugar and the dopamine hits that we can get now from food, that's, I mean, that's, that's just going to cause problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have it hitting the reward pathways in the brain. So then creating like withdrawal symptoms, but then you also have the inflammatory effect of sugar in the body releasing cytokines, which are inflammatory markers in the body. And so then you're increasing inflammation in the brain. And so it's like, wow, we're like really screwing ourselves with like a lot of these processed foods. And then even like healthy sugars, you know, I think that's a big thing I teach my clients, like, don't be deceived just because it's organic coconut cane sugar doesn't mean that it's any better for you. Like, you know, like, right. Your body processes sugar. Yeah. That's right. It's so I got into a mini argument with a guy that I went on a date recently with who was like a paleo freak, which at first I was like, oh, this is kind of nice. He's into eating healthy. And then I think like fifth date, sixth date, I was like, I think you actually have an eating disorder. Like I, I actually was like concerned about him. And he was like, well, I have honey in my coffee, but like all other sugars were forbidden and like horrible for you. But honey was prized for its, you know, B vitamins and all its micronutrients and all these things. And I was like, you're just deceiving yourself. Like honey, like is a sugar and you can gain weight eating sugar and it can cause inflammation and cravings and all kinds of stuff. So I think it's important that we think about things logically and scientifically when it comes to food and not jump on like wellness bandwagons and trends we read. Absolutely. A lot of, you know, fad diets and eliminating things. There's so much misinformation and it can, it can lead to people eating, like you said, it in unhealthy, in unhealthy ways, even if they're maintaining a particular weight. Yeah, definitely. So I think it's, it's important for all of us to be aware of like disordered eating. Like you cannot have an eating disorder, but still have unhealthy interactions with food. And so I think macros, I actually screen people pretty intensely who are becoming my client because I know that macro tracking can be triggering for people with eating disorders, especially if they have a history of restriction. So I will make sure not to bring those people into my program because I don't want to trigger any kind of you know potential issue. And I actually have my clients test tracking before they become a client to make sure that they feel comfortable with the methodology. Because the last thing I want to do is create unhealthy relationships to food I will say that most of my clients discover they've been under eating. So macros are not necessarily a restriction type of formula. For me, it's really about fueling my clients correctly. And none of my clients are hungry. If my clients tell me they're hungry, starving, irritable, anything like that, there's an immediate change to their intake formula. Absolutely. That's then that's fantastic because, you know, that hunger can lead to decisions that aren't in, in alignment with with their goals. So that's that's fantastic that you're helping them figure out ways to stay satiated and full and meet their goals. Yeah, it really has to do with the quality of the food you're eating, right? Like you can be in a caloric excess 
and be hungry and you can be in a caloric deficit and feel fully satisfied, right? Because of the role of fiber, volume of food, fat, protein, satiety effects, all of those things. So by combining all of those principles in my program and then limiting things like sugars and white flour products, not forbidding them, but just limiting them, then we stabilize blood sugar, we stabilize hunger, and people are like, yeah, I'm not hungry at all. So my clients are like, I'll have to eat more food. <laughs> I know that a lot because a lot of the foods that I like and, and looking at the macros, it, it can be very calorie dense. Like it's a little bite-sized brownie. Brownies are my favorite. A hundred calories, one bite. So yeah, you're not going to be full, but you just took in a whole hundred calories. You know, I could have had half of a sandwich. <laughs> totally. Right. Or like an apple and like turkey slices. So. <laughs> right. Also, I'm a total brownie freak too, but I have a really great recipe for black bean brownies that has no added sugar. I don't know if you've ever tried black bean brownies. They sound kind of weird, but they're actually really good. I, I, will, I will try that, but I feel like I tried a recipe for them once and it's had black beans in it, but it was mostly pump. I want to say pumpkin. And that did not taste like a brownie. It tasted like pumpkin. I will send you my recipe and then you can test it. The key is chocolate chips. So you have to put like lilies. The I love the stevia sweetened lilies chocolate chips. I put the chocolate chips in the batter and then I also put some on top. So it like creates a very chocolatey flavor. And then I feel like I'm, I don't even notice I'm eating beans. Nice. That sounds good because I love brownies. I like beans too. So maybe that will work for me. <laughs> And hey, you can also just eat a real brownie. Like there's nothing wrong with that either. Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying like you have to eat a black brownie. I can fit that in my macros for sure. <laughs> so this has been, you know, super informative. And I, I love the, the way it sounds like you work with people to help them find, you know, healthy, sustainable ways to eat. And, and if they want to lose weight, that as well. How do people who are listening, who are connecting with this, reach out and connect with you and learn more? So yeah, the best place is just to come hang out with me on Instagram at Heather McConaughey. And I'm there pretty much every day on stories. And I love motivating people. So I've had people come and tell me that just following my content, watching my Instagram stories, they've lost like 20 to 40 pounds and they've never even become a client, <laughs> which is... Wow. Super awesome. But then, yeah, I do have people that desire accountability. They need their uh, feet held to the fire. And so I do have a coaching program. It launches three times a year. I also have all of my recipes. So the recipes we were talking about today, like the air fryer salmon and black bean brownies and over 120 of my healthy, easy, delicious, macro-friendly recipes are in my recipe fix product, which is, it's not a PDF cookbook, y'all. Don't worry. It's actually a searchable database on my website. You just log in and you have access at any time ongoingly to all my recipes and updates and all the recipes also have macros. So that's another resource if you just want to like eat some yummy food. That's amazing. You are definitely adding value out there, especially with people just following you and, and being able to pick up and successfully do this. That's fantastic. Way to show up. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. My goal is to serve and empower and, and help women really in mind, body and soul. So we didn't delve as much into like mindset stuff today, but that's also a big part of my coaching program and every 
you know, time we do a group coaching call, the way I'm interacting with my clients, the stuff I'm posting on Instagram, sharing, that's a really important part of it too. You know, it's not just like eat more broccoli. Right. Exactly. Well, I was, I was moving into the wrap up, but I will go back. I want to ask you, what are some of the, the mindset issues that you work with that are helpful in this area? Yeah. So I would say definitely stress. So I think one of the biggest, and we don't always think of stress like a mindset issue, but I think stress creates so many negative thinking patterns that it's important to deal with stress while you're also teaching like other mindset frameworks. So I would say really reducing stress helps create a more instinctual positive mindset that's just easier to maintain when you're less stressed. But specific issues that I see a lot of women struggle with are people-pleasing, right? Mm -hmm. So I see women struggle with, I don't want to be at the restaurant and ask for something that's not on the menu. Like, I don't want to be like, I'm like, you're not demanding it like a crazy person. Just be like, hey, is there any way you can make steamed broccoli? Like, they'll just say no if they can't do it, right? But this hesitation to even just voice our requests. I see that as a big mindset issue for women, people pleasing, being concerned what their girlfriends are going to think at their, you know, weekly watching the bachelor party, like, oh, I don't want to be the girl who's like not eating the cookie, right? Like, it's just this fear and desire for human approval. I see FOMO happening a lot for women, like this feeling they're going to miss out if they're not drinking, if they're not eating right? Like they're somehow going to miss out on the experience. And I really try to show them that like, look, what's more important to you spending quality time with your loved ones or like eating with them. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that you can't enjoy food with your family and friends, like totally like eating out is a joyful, meaningful part of connecting socially. But what I've had some of my clients discover is one, when they stopped drinking, they actually didn't like the people they were hanging out with. And the alcohol was simply like a bandage. And then, you know, two, they realized how like good they felt without those things. And it just, they didn't really care what other people thought of them anymore. So um, those are a couple of big issues, I would say. And then I think discouragement, which we all struggle with. I, I get discouraged in areas of my life where I struggle to produce a result. I'll get you know, just that feeling of despair, like why bother? It's never going to change. I see that with women with weight loss, especially if they've struggled their whole life or a period of time or they get plateaued. So it's really important to constantly be focusing on our progress, um, our breakthroughs, our growth, how we are improving and how we're making headway on our goals because like, it's so easy to fall into that discouragement. Absolutely. And and especially when, you know, going back to you don't know what you don't know, people tend to beat themselves up for their history of how they've handled food or weight loss. And it's like, you didn't know you were doing the best you could at the time. There were things you didn't know. Totally. Like me, when I started, I was a trained registered nurse. I had taken nutrition classes for part of my pre-nursing and you know, I still didn't understand nutrition. My best friend is a registered dietitian and they didn't teach them macros. Like she, yeah, she actually hires me, hired me as her nutrition coach to program her nutrition for her at the gym because she trained really hard. 
and super athletic, but like, she was like, I'm not really sure what to do. She's a registered dietitian. Now I'm not saying all registered dietitians don't, you know, can't figure this out or don't have this information, but I'm just saying that, you know, a lot of us don't have this information and we have to struggle to find it. So don't feel bad if you've like never tracked macros or you've never like understood what a macro is, or you don't understand protein or no, I was in the same place. And that's why I've made it my mission to, to help others understand it. Absolutely. And now they can, you know, come to you and you've got the recipes and the air fryer salmon and <laughs> seriously, your life will be changed after you have air fryer salmon. It's nice to have people pioneer the way and then share amazing tips like that. <laughs> Do you also know that you can bake a quest bar in an air fryer? I haven't thought about that. I usually just pop my bars in the microwave, but that actually sounds better. So it'll make it like a cookie, more of like a cookie texture. So you could, if you cut a Quest bar into like three little pieces, or you kind of can mold them into little cookie shapes and throw it in an air fryer for like four minutes, I call them little protein cookies. And I would do like an ice cream bowl with like half a cup of Halo Top because I actually really like Halo Top. Oh, I love Halo Top. Yes, I know. People hate on Halo Top. I'm like, you but yeah you can't eat like ben and jerry's and then the same day eat halo top because then you'll be like oh wait (laughs) just spread those out and then it's great (laughs) but if you are training hard and you need a little treat i think halo top's amazing but i would do half a cup of halo top and then and this recipe is also in my recipe fix product but then bake a quest bar in the air fryer and put the protein cookies on top of the ice cream. And you're eating like an ice cream protein cookie bowl. That sounds really, really good. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like, great. I have, I have bars in there, but I don't have any halo top right now. <laughs> you can still make the protein cookies. <laughs> I, I think I will try that. That sounds really good. I mean, I thought, I thought they were good throwing them in the microwave. So now I'm really excited. <laughs> well, I mean, that that's super amazing. And, and I love that you do address the mindset issues because I think that that is, you know, even if someone has a written nutrition plan or something like that, that doesn't mean that they're going to get results without, you know, that mindset work because that's a very important element to health and how you how you treat your body, how you think about your body and your goals and everything. Yeah. And it trickles over into every area of your life. So I think one of the most satisfying things of, for me working with clients is they'll be like, your program was life-changing or I got so much out of it more than just like food. And that's because I actually don't do meal plans. Like it may seem weird, but I don't do meal plans. I don't believe in meal plans. I want to teach people a system and I give them lots of recipes obviously too. But I find that what people really need people know what to eat generally. You know what I mean? Like people know like, okay, I shouldn't be having a hamburger and fries multiple times a week and eating ice cream. If I want to lose my belly fat, you know, it's like, they kind of know, like I should probably be eating some vegetables. I have a client who struggles with this, right? She knows what she's supposed to eat, but she's still picking those other foods. Well, what's driving that? Well, stress, anxiety, food addiction, right? Like, so just telling people eat more vegetables, which is what people do in a health setting. Cause I've worked in healthcare. Right. And I've, I had to like discharge diabetic patients and try to do teaching with them at discharge. And I'm like, here's some healthy diet tips that I know you're not going to follow. You're about to go to McDonald's after you leave here. <laughs> right. And it's like, 
it's easy for us to judge all these people who are not choosing well. Well, what's underneath that? Stress, poverty, a food addiction, mental health issues, like so many things. So I have to really work with my clients on mindset stuff to, to make the nutrition stick. Absolutely. And like you said, like that all or nothing thinking, you know, it's like I have to eat vegetables and I have to eat broccoli and chicken every day. Well, that's going to lead to uh, you you messing up if you don't want to eat broccoli and chicken every day. You don't have to do that or eat McDonald's every day. Totally. It's not all or nothing. Yesterday, I actually had two salads just because I actually don't really like salads like during the winter, but then like during the summer, I like salads. So like, I don't, I don't like force myself to eat something I don't like, but I was really craving salad. So I had like a salad at a restaurant I went to, and then I had a, a salmon Caesar salad also in my recipe fix um, <laughs> with air fryer salmon. I had that for dinner, but that afternoon we actually went and got gelato and I had chocolate peanut butter gelato. Now, do I eat gelato every week? No. And it's not even because of like, you know, is this going to make me gain weight? It's like, it actually doesn't make me feel good mentally and emotionally. Like my body's very sensitive to sugar. I actually will feel depressed if I eat too much sugar and I eat like those types of foods. So, but I still like, I had it right. I don't have these rules that like, I'm only eating vegetables or I'm only eating crap. No, like there's a way to incorporate foods that you like. And that actually is what research has shown makes any kind of diet, quote unquote, or eating plan sustainable. It's, it's whatever you can stick to. So look, if right. a, a client who needs to have dessert four times a week for it to be sustainable, then like we do that. Absolutely. Diet is the healthiest one that you can also sustain. 100%. Well, that that's amazing. And I thank you for everything that you shared today. And for those who are listening, who who are interested in learning more, her information's in the show notes as well as she shared it earlier. So please reach out and connect. And, you know, especially if you're struggling with this or you're just interested in, you know, how you can eat healthy and, and feel your life, your busy life, then, you know, reach out and, and learn more from Heather. Thank, thank you so much for being here today, Heather. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Lisa. It was so fun. And everyone, just take what you've learned today and live more vibrantly. 